the message itself. There's not uh, one particular scripture uh, that uh, uh, that I could read that would uh, that would tile everything in uh, that we want to talk about today. So uh, we won't be using an open scripture. Um, but um, what I want to be talking about are three things that I can do to be more used of God. Three things that I can do to be more used of God. Um, let's bow our heads and ask God uh, to bless His, His Word today. Fathers, we come to you right now. In the blessed name of Jesus, we thank you and we praise you for the privilege, Father, to, to be uh, assembled here together. We thank you, God, for the service up to this point. God, how you have been blessing and your spirit has been here in a great way. And now, God, I'm asking God for you to anoint me, God, as your servant, God, to bring forth the word as you want delivered today. I'm asking God for your guidance, your direction, and ask God that the people will not only be hearers of the word, but doers also. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. Praise God. Uh, there's a question, that question uh, I have heard a lot of people discuss is about how I can be used of God. And I not knowing everybody's heart that's here today, uh, I do believe and feel like that there are several people in our congregation that would uh, uh, like to be used more of God. Uh, and, and I hope and pray that everybody uh, uh, in the congregation um, has a, a desire of such to be used of God. Because the Lord didn't save us, set us free from sin, uh, and fill us with His Spirit uh, just so we could ride to heaven on a church pew. Amen. Although a lot of people act like that's what the purpose is. Hallelujah. Sometimes I think we got super glue around here. Even when the Holy Ghost is trying to move. Amen. A lot of folks seem to think that, you know, the church pews are, are patty because they're, they're a chew train just to carry us on into glory. But um, there, uh, there are things to be done uh, in the kingdom of God. And there's a lot of things that should be done that's being left undone because nobody is willing to take the initiative. Now, uh, there, uh, there, there are a couple groups of people uh, that, um, that we could discuss. you got one group of people who are willing uh, to do things, but they're, uh, they're going to sit there on a the pew until somebody just sweet-talks them and patty-cakes them and say, will you please take their, this thing? And they'll, and they'll, they'll eventually be glad to do it. But they're always waiting to be asked. Hallelujah. And you got, then you got another group of people, amen, that uh, even though that they're asked, you know, they, uh, they'll, um, you know, at least, at least, at least, at least they're honest. You got to give them that. They'll, they'll, you know, just come, well, you know, I, um, I can't, uh, you know, uh, do that right now or what have you, you know. But, um, uh, so some people don't have the, uh, uh, the slightest notion of why God's got you in the church in the first place. Hallelujah. 
There are, there are so many things that needs to be done. So, so much work that is going undone in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And I don't know about what you think about it, but I think it's time uh, in this day and age in which we're living, when everybody's talking about all the problems and everything that's going on in the world, I believe it's time that the church stand up and be the church. Hallelujah. Amen. There are people out there, amen, with needs. And there, there's no other group, no other organization better suited to help with those needs in the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, some kind of way, the church has got to get out of the, um, I guess, apathy you would call it, uh, 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 Latinus, or, uh, and, 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 just to be, and just to be frank, with some people just plain old laziness. Amen. Uh, and, um, you know, there are so many things that, uh, that we could do to minister to people that if we would start doing these things, it wouldn't take no time that our walls would just bust out and bulge out. Let me tell you about one particular thing first, first-handed that I know of. We spent uh, quite a good while in, in the trauma unit in Vanderbilt with Darlene when she had that accident. And um, I've been in going to hospitals and visiting people for a long time. I've been, uh, been, been called to the emergency rooms. But there was just something different about that trauma center. And I began to realize as I watched other people who was there uh, in that place, uh, their lives has suddenly been put on hold. They don't know what tomorrow is going to hold because somebody very close to them is not too very many feet on the other side of those doors hanging in the balances between time and eternity. And... Um, Even though I was going through some struggles, God allowed me to see early on and gave me a sign when I first went in to see Sister Darlene that I, I mean, that, that took my concern away uh, with her that I began to watch other people. And then while I was there, I, I ministered to other people as people began to find out I was, uh, I, I was a I was a pastor. They people began to come to me and ask me to pray about this and that, and uh, and and I began uh, to do so. I remember after she was out of there and she was over in Stallworth, uh, there was there was a man come up to me uh, in, in in Stallworth that uh, I didn't recognize, and and he stopped and grabbed me by the arm. He says, "You remember me?" I says. Uh, I don't know if I do or, do or not, sir. He says, uh, he said, he called his name. He says, yes. Says, he says, I was in the trauma unit, he said, with our son. And said, they gave us no hope of him ever uh, coming out of that place in anything other than a vegetated state. 
that he would have to go. He would go from there directly to a nursing home. And he says, um, uh, and, and we asked you to pray, and, and, you, and you prayed uh, uh, for us and with him uh, uh, one day. He said, I just want to let you know that he come out of there, and he went from there to here, and now he's up there doing exercises there um, in the billetate and says, we're going to be carrying him home probably in about another week and a half. He says, now, thank you so much. Amen. And, and God began to speak to me at that point in place that there are so many people, amen, that's going through hurting. I know there's a lot of us sitting here now thinking we got a tater sack full of problems, but I'm going to tell you what, there are people in this world going through things that you have never went through and you never will go through and you need to give God praise and glory for it. Hallelujah. It's some some kind of way our problems and our situation always seems to magnify amen and outgrow somebody else's but there's a world of hurting people that needs somebody in the church somebody who will love God willing to get up off their lasers and spend just a little time. People sitting up there in that trauma unit go sometimes a day or two without eating a meal because they're afraid to leave that place just to go down down to the first floor down there and out over I think there's a McDonald's down there and just even go down there because they're afraid that something happened while they go that far. And I thought, my Lord, what a what a what a great work for 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 the uh, uh, ladies' aid, ladies' auxiliary in churches to get together uh, um, fruit baskets and, and, and little things and bring up there, amen, and, and, and leave them. Because some organizations do that from time to time. They were, while I was up there, there was a group that brought in some stuff, amen, and said it. And, uh, and then uh, the lady uh, who was uh, taking care of everything that gave everybody the passes to go in and out would make an announcement that such and such group had brought some fruit, some stuff up there for you to enjoy and everything. And I, and I thought, my God, that is what ministry is all about. But yet we are so tied up in our own lives. And we get so, and, and just to be frank, folks, if we're so busy we can't reach out and extend our hand to our fellow men, then God says we're too busy. And that we need to make some changes. We need to correct our priorities in our life. There's so much that we could do. And there, but there are a lot of people. There are a lot of people who, who want to be used by God. And, and, and they say, what, what can I do that I can be used more for God? That God, when God needs something, that God would call upon, call upon me. That I could be available unto God. That God could use me to lift somebody else up. That God could use me to encourage somebody else. God could use me to do something in His church in the kingdom. And as I and I was praying and thinking about this, uh, there were three things that come into in my spirit and mind. Three things. As I was thinking, God, what can I do? What else can I do personally that I could be more used of you? Because I do have a desire to be used more of God. And I want to share these three things with you. And it's my prayer and hope that you will think about these things and pray about these things. Because I believe that if we can uh, uh, can lay something down in a framework such as this, 
I believe every one of us will find ourselves being used more of God and God being called upon us more for various things. These things are important. They're very important. And I'm going to be reading a scripture for each one of them. And uh, the first one I'm going to is Psalms 86 and 11. If you want to turn and follow me as I read. And while we are looking at that, Psalms 86 and 11, I'll tell you what the first thing is that I can do, that I can be more used of God. Number one, I can be taught. Look at your neighbor and say, I can be taught. Hallelujah. I can be taught. Psalms 86 and uh, and, uh, and verse 11 says, Teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to feel fear your name. Let me read that one more time. Teach me your way, O Lord. There wasn't none of us born into this world with the knowledge within us of God's way. We had to be taught. We had to be trained. Because we was born in this world alienated from God. We didn't have no communication with God. Because it was passed down that way from our, from our original parents. We had to be taught. Just like a child is taught, we have to be taught. Uh, Sister Darlene and I was out somewhere in a restaurant the other day eating, and, uh, and, and she ca- uh, called my attention to, uh, to a little girl uh, uh, walking across on another booth over there. And Darlene says, she, she's just now learned to walk. She, she, I can tell she's just now learning to walk. And that is something among many things that a, that a newborn child has to learn to do. Well, if we're going to be used by God, then we have got to be teachable. We have got to be teachable. When you check out the lives of virtually everyone who has been used of God in a great way, you will find that none of them were perfect for the job when God called them. Amen. You go back and look. Check out the lives of everybody who was used of God in a great way. Look at the resume of the Old and New Testament characters. Let's, let's look at the resume. Let's, let, um, uh, let's open up the resume of some of them. Uh, King David. Amen. Maybe Solomon. Maybe the Apostle Peter. Um, Matthew. Or, or, or some of the rest of them. And let's, let's look at their resume. And, and let's pretend, let's, let's just think about that, that you're, that you're sitting, amen, um, in, a, in human resource office of a, of a corporation. And, and you're looking to hire some people. And you've got their resume there. I guarantee you, any one of these folks, amen, you pick them out and you look at their resume before, amen, they, they come to God before they was called. Ain't none of you would have hired a dad burn one of them. Hallelujah. If you, if you was the owner of a corporation and a company and you needed an employee, you wouldn't think about hiring the Apostle Peter. 
You ain't going to want nobody as stubborn and hot-headed as him. He just soon to get mad and just go to cussing you out as anybody on the street. Hallelujah. Who among us, amen, will want to well, hire the apostle Paul here? Man, he ain't nothing but a jailbird. Hello, somebody. Amen. Look at their resumes. Every one of them. Amen. But there was, there was something about them all. There was a common denominator, if you please, for them. Amen. And that common denominator was teachability. Hallelujah. They were willing to be taught of God in order to become what they needed to be to be used by God. And there are some people, and they're sitting on church pews. Amen. Today, they are simply not teachable. Hallelujah. They're not willing to be taught. They don't want to be taught. They don't got no consideration to be taught. They think they know enough as it is. Hello, somebody. Come on. But all these people, with all of their hang-ups, with all of the problems, every one of them, they had a teachability. What are some things that I can do to be more used of God? I can be taught. I can be taught. Because there are many who are not teachable. Listen to me close. They allow things like pride, self-righteousness, and overall unwillingness to change block their path to be invaluable to God for service. Hallelujah. Some people are not teachable because they're just simply not willing to change. Amen. We've got to be willing. We've got to become pliable in the hand of God. We've got to be, we got to be like, um, you know, we've got to be clay. We've got to be soft clay that is moldable for God can mold us into what he wants us to be. Hallelujah. Now, this is going right on, amen, along, amen, to what we dealt with last, last week. And Wednesday night... During the testimonies, I don't, I don't believe that there was a person who gave a testimony that didn't have something to say about that message last week. Well, this goes right along with it. Amen. We have got to be pliable in the hands of Christ. Hallelujah. We gotta, we gotta put ourselves in His hands and we gotta be willing for Him to mold it the way that He wants it to be. You see, God has got a picture in His mind of what we should look like. And every time he gets kind of shaping things, we want to pull back. We're not going to ever get nowhere. And we won't be able to be used of God. Amen, if we do that. So what can I do to be more used of God? I can be taught. Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name, God. I don't have perfect knowledge. I don't have perfect wisdom. I need to be taught. Every day of my life, God teaches me things. Every day of my life, God teaches me something new and fresh. Hallelujah. I mean, I, I want to tell you something. If you think you're ever going to get a degree and diploma out of the school of God, you got another thing coming. 
Ain't none of us never going to walk down that aisle, amen, with those gap caps and gowns on down here to pick up a diploma down here. Because you ain't going to never get to the point in the place that there are things that you still do not need to be taught from God. We've got to always be teachable. You know why I'm, I'm in this truth today? You know why I stand here, amen, and teaching the message that I teach today? Because I was willing for God to teach me further than what I'd been taught by man. Hallelujah. There were, there were some men told me that uh, just uh, uh, just getting saved and sitting down on a pew and reading the Bible and putting a little money in the offering plate was all right. But praise God, God allowed God to teach me that there was more in God. That there was a power of the Holy Ghost. How did He able to come in and to shape somebody's life and make something out of their life? Amen. It's never been before. I'm glad somebody taught me. I was teachable. Amen. That there is a healing when my body is sick. Amen. And I, and I don't know if I'm going to live or die. That God has got a, got a healing hand. I'm glad I allowed God to teach me that. Hallelujah. We've got to be teachable. But let me move on. There are a couple other things. What can I do to be more used of God? We're going to go to Proverbs 28 and 13. Hallelujah. What can I do to be more used of God? I can be taught. Number two, I can be transparent with God and man. I guess I could call this message the three T's to being used of God because every one of them is, begins with a T. I can be taught. I can be transparent with God and man. What do you mean by that, Brother Sammy? I'm glad you asked. I'm fixing to tell you. Proverbs 28:13. He that covers his sins shall not prosper. But whosoever confesses and forsakes them shall have mercy. That is a powerful passage of Scripture right there. He that covers his sins shall not prosper. But whosoever confesses and forsakes them shall have mercy. There are those never willing to admit their sins and failures. Amen. I've seen them. You've seen them. But there's a lot of folks never willing to admit their sins and failures. I've learned something down through my years in the ministry. We got some guys going around, and, man, and they just, they, they got this thing that they call their, their sense of holiness. And you got to do this, and you got to do that, and everything. And uh, ran across them, you know, while I was, we was traveling evangelizing, and uh, <laughs> Sister Darlene got in trouble one time because she wore a pair of red high heels. You don't wear the color red because red represents sin. Oh, okay. They come up with all this stuff, 
that they hatch up in their own minds. And you know what I found out? The majority of these jokers going around here, there's a reason why they can't get their mind off the women's hemline and hairline. And the reason why is because they're not anxious about preaching so much about unholiness, but they just got so much lust they can't get their mind off of it. And nine times out of ten, they're going to be the ones who run off with a piano player. Hello, somebody. Lord of God, I'm so glad that I'm my own piano player because I'd have to run off with myself. <laughs> uh, there are some people that much in love with their own self, aren't they? Hello. Amen. But there are some people, they're never willing to admit their sins and their failures. They work so hard in building a facade of sainthood that they find it hard to face the fact of their own humanity. And I want to tell you, I don't care how long you've been a Christian and how long you've been in church and been saved, you're still human. Am I making excuses for our sins? No, I don't. Don't misinterpret what I'm saying. I, I'm not giving you an excuse to sin, but I'm telling you, as long as you're human, you're subject to failure. And I don't like any preacher would get up and say, well, you've got to be have sinless perfection because there ain't nobody achieved that. The only man ever achieved that was Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I'm striving for it. I want to live, I want to live more for him tomorrow than I did that I did today. But folks, if I want to be used by God and if you want to be used by God, we got to forget this false facade that people pin up. And this is one problem with Pentecostal people. Amen. They want to pit, paint this pretty picture. Amen. Of flying around like angels' wings. Hallelujah. But we need to admit something. If we're going to be used by God, we got to admit that we're subject to failure. Hallelujah. We work so hard to build this facade of sainthood. We forget our humanity. But God, and listen to this close, God works better with those who mess up but are willing to straighten up than He does with those who sweeps their sins under the rug and attempts to keep it quiet. You hear me? For all these people going out saying, well, you can't be used with God unless you're completely perfect. Amen. If, there, if there's one hair out of the place, amen, or this or whatever. I want you to know God uses imperfect people to do His perfect work. Hallelujah. If God only used completely perfect people for the work of God, there wouldn't be a church in town of any denomination have anybody there this morning. I'm just getting down to where the rubber meets the road. I'm telling you the truth today. Hallelujah. And God works a whole lot better with people who mess up but are willing to straighten up once they find out they've messed up than those people 
trying to sweep it all under the rug. Because let me tell you what's going to happen. You can keep sweeping stuff under the rug long enough. <laughs> Brother Paul, if, if I'm sweeping a house, and I think I admitted this one time years ago. Did I? <laughs> About my mama catching me, sweeping some stuff. She uh, she decided it was time to clean some rugs one time, and she picked up one of them rugs uh, in one of the rooms that I was supposed to have been sweeping, and she found a bunch of dirt on that rug. <laughs> I had, uh, as, uh, uh, as Ricky Ricardo said, I had some explaining to do. I was explaining to do. But you know what happened? If you keep sweeping the dirt under the rug instead of taking care of it, you're gonna you're gonna get stuff built up to a to a point it's gonna raise up that rug and somebody else is gonna come along and they're gonna trip because of your pile. Hallelujah. You better listen to it. That's a powerful thing. That's a powerful thing God just put in my spirit. You hear me? How many people, amen, are, are, are out in the world today, amen, and don't trust the church, don't trust the Bible, and don't trust God because when some of these TV preachers, amen, with all their stuff, amen, built up the rug so much, amen, it has started tripping everybody else. And what I'm telling you, you, you're going to have some dirt in your life. Ladies, you know yourself, you can go and you can clean your house today. And you can dust it to the point in place that you can take the white glove and go around and you won't find nothing. But but let me ask you a question. Is it going to stay that way? Sooner or later, that dust is going to come back. It's going to sneak back in. And... Folks, instead of trying to put on something that we're not, why don't we just be open and honest and transparent with God and with our brothers and sisters and deal with the dirt that's in our life because everybody's got some dirt in their life. Hallelujah. And deal with it. Get it cleaned up. Instead of sweeping it on the rug, because sooner or later, the stuff that you got swept on the rug is going to cause somebody else to trip. Hallelujah. And I don't know about you, but when I, when I stand before the throne, and, I've, and I have made this statement before, when I stand before the throne, I've got enough to answer for Sammy Pruitt than have to be the cause of somebody else not making it. And believe me, there's going to be a lot of people Lose out on Judgment Day and not make it because of somebody else's stuff. Hallelujah. Amen. They may have just used it for an excuse, but hallelujah. Listen, take that excuse away. Don't let nobody make an excuse out of you. Hallelujah. Don't let nobody make an excuse out of you. What can I do to be more used of God? I can be more transparent. Hallelujah. The thing, I'm going to lay on this just a little bit more, and I'm going to move to the last one. 
listen to me close, the thing that will bring you down the quickest is not the sin, but the cover-up. Did you hear what I said? The thing that will bring you down the quickest is not the sin, but the cover-up. That's why we give open invitations for people to come forward. The Bible says if we're ashamed uh, ashamed uh, of him and ashamed to come forward to people here, that he would be ashamed to confess us before the Father in heaven. Hallelujah. We have an open invitation for people. Hey, say, look here. I know I messed up, and I don't care who else knows about it. I'm going to get it straightened with God. I'm going to take care of the dirt in my life. Because the cover-up would take you down quicker and farther than the sin itself. Those of you who remember and was around to know, Richard Nixon wasn't involved in the, uh, personally in the break-in over there uh, at the Watergate facilities. But what brought him down? He wasn't over there holding a flashlight so somebody could see how to break in, amen, uh, to get in. He wasn't part of that break-in crew. So it wasn't the sin that brought him down. It was what? The cover-up. He got involved in the cover-up when he found out about it. <laughs> and you know what? Politicians, you know, are just like all of us, we don't, we don't learn. We don't learn. It looked like to me political leaders would learn from, from their own history that the cover-up does not work. You know, Clinton should have known that when he stood up there and said, well, I didn't have relations with that woman, you know. Hello, somebody. Amen. I mean, and God, God can work with people who are open and transparent. The Bible says if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from A double L all unrighteousness. That's how come I can know I'm going to heaven. Because I live a perfect life? No, because I confess my sins like the Apostle Paul said every day. I die daily. I live sometime during the day in my prayer life. I will pray, God, I don't even forgive me of what I've done wrong today. Forgive me of the sins I committed that I don't know because I guarantee you everybody in the house have committed sins you didn't even know you committed confess you don't have to confess to man Hallelujah. I, I don't have a little cubicle up here where I sit here on a few particular days of the week and you come in there and say bless me Sammy because I've sinned hallelujah but that's between you and God but I promise you, you'll never be used of God as long as you don't get the dirt up from under the rug. You've got to get it out. Hallelujah. The final thing, I, I talked about I can be taught. I can be transparent. And then we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2. I can be trustworthy.
I can be taught. I can be transparent. I can be trustworthy. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. I did a study on Wednesday night three or four years back about stewardship. Uh, and we brought that in there that, that we're all our stewards in the kingdom of God. We're all stewards. And the scripture says it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Trustworthiness. Faithfulness. Let me talk just a little bit about this. To be trustworthy or faithful in the service of God or man is a key quality which can lift you above other areas in your life which may be lacking a little. You know, going out in the work field, trying to make a living, you might not be as educated as some other people that's working in your department. You might not have the experience as other people in your department. There might be several things that you come short of compared to somebody else in the department you work with where you work. But yet, when it comes time for promotion, you may get the promotion above those who's better educated, more experienced. Why? Because you're trustworthy. You're faithful. And you, if you've been out in the, in, in the work field and work, oh, you know what I'm talking about. Amen. Being trustworthy, being faithful. Oh, <laughs> you know, there's always somebody getting upset. And, well, I've got more seniority and so on, so how come I didn't get that promotion? Well, go back and check yourself. How dependable are you? Are you working every day? Are you there on time? Every day? There was a period in my life, there was a period in my life that I'd, I'd been out work for a while, and, man, I, I, needed, I needed a job. And, and uh, when, I, when I was uh, uh, hard at a place, I'd been out of work about four, four months. And things were beginning to look good. I mean, I was, you know, I, I was working every day, and, man, I was glad to be able to work because I'd, I'd been I'd spent four months without working, man. I was tickled to death to be able to work. Some that's the problem. Some people don't care if it work or not. And your employer knows that. Soon find that out. And uh, but man, all of a, all of a sudden I came in and it had just been about three three or four months, and I started seeing the I was working on the seminar line and I started seeing the uh, the, the lead men coming down, taking people's place, and they're go, going into the office. Now, what in the world's going on? Finally, they got they got they got to me, I, and uh, he said, uh, "Pruitt, and that's what the, how the comments said. Pruitt says, uh, uh, all orders have been cut back, and so uh, and we're going to have to we're going to have to make a cut in the production line, and so we don't need as many people on this line." It's what we what we did need, and so we're we are forced we're forced to having to lay some folks off. 
And I said, oh, no, not again. I just, you know, I just went through four months. And I was thinking in my mind, I said, God, you know, what's, what's up now, God? And, uh, but while that was going through my mind, they said, but, uh, said the supervisor's been watching you. And says, we noticed how you, you, you work every day. You're here on time. And, uh, you don't take extra, uh, breaks. You don't ride the clock in no kind of way. And says, uh, we figure we can, uh, we need somebody like that. And, uh, even though we're not going to need you on this line, says, uh, there's, there's a position open, uh, in another, uh, department on another shift. If you'd like to take that shift, I said, I'll take it. And I found out that they laid off people who had been working there almost a year longer than me and didn't offer none of them that position. Why? Because it wasn't trustworthy. They, well, yeah, they was trustworthy one cent. They, they was dependable. They, uh, every week they could depend on laying out at least one day a week. Amen. That boss man could, could, could depend at least one or two days a week when the whistle blowed, they'd come running uh, down towards our trying to beat it to the time clock. Yeah, they, they was dependable that way. But see, when things got down to the nitty-gritty, that kind of stuff don't count. It don't count with man, and it don't count with God. If you want to be used more of God, you got to prove God something. Now, people say, well, you know, God blessed Abraham. He did bless Abraham. But, brother, Abraham had to prove himself to God first. Abraham had to, I'm not going to get on nothing, brother, here. Abraham had to prove to God, hallelujah, that he was willing to give it all up. You hear what I'm saying? And if you're not a trustworthy, amen, in the kingdom of God, you're not going to be used for God. You're going to be one of those sitting around with cobwebs on your head. God will use somebody else for a blessing. Use somebody else to be blessed. You know, hey, let's, let's get real and think about it. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, it's required in stewards that a man be found of um, uh, uh, faithful. Now, I talked about the natural world. What about what about you know, in the church world? Well, you know, there might uh, there might be a church. This guy, let's say, a, got a keyboard player. Man, that, that's talented, very talented. Maybe that keyboard keyboard player can can play like Liberace. But why in the world would the pastor or in some, in some instance the minister of music who takes care of all that stuff set down the person who's more talented on the keyboard and call up and start using somebody who can only play three keys? i tell you why. Because he knows that that person back there maybe not be might not be as talented as the other person, but they know that person's going to be there at church time. That person's going to be there on time. It makes a big difference when you're trying to operate a church service. Amen. Hallelujah. We're talking about trustworthiness, and it's it's not just with that, but everything in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. 
Amen. A church don't need a Sunday school teacher. Amen. That's going to come running through the door out of breath every Sunday morning five minutes late. Come on. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. Amen. That the men of this church, if you, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're really man at all, if this pastor. Came in here uh, running every Sunday a half an hour late and not uh, and about half prepared for my message and whatever. Pretty soon there would be, be a conference taking place. But why? Because it ain't nothing that will tear down the work of a church any quicker. And the work of the kingdom of God is the most important thing. We should be here, amen, on time, and we should be here prepared. If we can't do it, then we need to step back, amen, and admit to somebody, oh, I just can't, uh, there's, there's certain situations that I can't do it, so I don't want to hinder the church or the work of the church, and so I just soon just uh, uh, sit back here, and you can put somebody else can, uh, can handle it, and at least until I can work out my situations. I'm talking about being trustworthy now. I'm talking about things that make the kingdom of God grow. Hallelujah. It's required and stewards that be faithful. I can't understand why some people don't take the work of God any more serious than they do. I mean, they're, and you know, pastors, you know, they, they get together and talk. And, uh, you know, I've, I've had pastors tell me some, some things that they've gone through uh, recently and whatever. And, uh, one pastor told me one time, says, you know, I, I, got, I got a certain individual, got this particular office in the church. He says, I know how they are with their job because they've been a member of my church for 20-something years. And they says, you couldn't hog tie and bullwhoop that person into ever uh, 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 being late on their job or missing a day without at least calling in and giving a, a good explanation. He said, but time and time again, they're out, they miss, or they're late. They don't ever call, he said, they don't ever call me, call nobody. He said, they don't take their, he said, I don't know if, what it is. If they, if they don't take their position with God serious enough, or they don't have the respect uh, for the, those that they're, uh, they're, they're working uh, with, or what it is. But, you know, it's, I mean, so I mean, it's, it's 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 not just in one particular area; it's everywhere. These these are situations that many churches has has to deal with, and what we need to do and understand: it doesn't matter if I'm not if I'm not nothing, but somebody's supposed to scrub the toilets of the church. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to be trustworthy about doing it. Hallelujah! And I'm going to tell you, I, I've I've done I've done every position. In the church, any kind of position is. There's, been, there's even been some positions made up for me at sometimes. Hallelujah. And I've sat under uh, other men. I've, I've not been a pastor uh, all my life and all my ministry. Amen. But I guarantee you, when the, when the people, amen, uh, show, amen, enough regards for me and put enough trust in me, say, I'm going to put you in charge of this thing, or I'm going to put you in charge of that, I guarantee you, I'm going to be trustworthy. 
Not just for their sake, but for my sake. Because the Bible said, if you're not faithful in the least, don't, you ain't, God ain't gonna give you no more. Amen. If you, if you, if you wish you could have more right here, you're gonna have to be first trustworthy with what you do have if you ever expect God to give you more. Hallelujah. And every job is just as important. Amen. No matter what we're talking about. Amen. From one aspect to the other. Hallelujah. We're talking about being used by God. What can I do to be more used to God? I can be taught. I can be transparent. I can be trustworthy. I can be trustworthy. Hallelujah. We're going to close right there. And like I said, I hope every one of us has greater aspirations to being used by God. Brother Daryl, come, of course, we're going to give you an opportunity right now. Maybe that you would like to be used by God more. Maybe there's some things we come across in this message that, that you have not been doing, but you realize I can do it. You can do it. Maybe you want, I want to just pray, say, God, help me. I realize I need to come up in one or two areas or this area. Help me. Hallelujah. Like I told you in the course, course of the message, God works a whole lot better with people who mess up but are willing to straighten up. Hallelujah. Amen. Those are the people He uses for His work. Let's stand together. As Brother Darrell sings, the altars are open. Lord, I am weak, but Thou art strong. Jesus, keep me from all wrong.
Thank you.